Hello and welcome to the Breakdown Podcast. I'm Jamie Finch-Penninger and today for your listening pleasure we've got a report from the New Zealand Cycle Classic. So be warned, it's not quite the normal fare. It's just me and an interview with Sam Lazell, who's the manager, director, bit of everything of Oliver's Real Foods Racing. So sit back and enjoy this special episode from New Zealand. And uh, Sam, welcome to the podcast. Good to be here, mate. Thanks for having me. Not a problem, not a problem. And how was your first um, UCI 2.2 category race experience, Sam? Oh, it's, uh, it's definitely, a, definitely a good experience for the team. We uh, certainly learnt a lot from racing with, uh, you know, those Conti and Pro Conti. You know, thankfully, we, uh, we got a good result in uh, the King of the Mountains jersey, which was a huge result for our first outing at UCI level. So I, I really couldn't uh, imagine it going any better, except for perhaps that yeah, elusive stage win that we uh, went so close to getting on stage one, which I'm sure you'll be able to ask me about in a second. Ryan Christensen's making a bit of a habit of um, picking up the KOM jerseys in recent races. I think that's third in like the last 12 months or so. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's the, actually the uh, the fourth. He picked up uh, the okay. KOM in New Caledonia and then also the tour of the uh, King Valley and also the tour of uh, the National Which Capital killed. Tour in, uh, in Canberra. Yeah, so he uh, definitely got a habit. Um, but I think that jersey, if, uh, if there was a jersey that was going to suit him, it's um, definitely the king of the mountains, you know. He's really uh, coming of age quite quickly and um, he's, he's not afraid to put it all on the line and um, put, put his cards on the table in order to get a result. He's a, he's a New Zealander and you've got a few other um, young New Zealanders in your squad. Was that part of the reason behind doing the, doing the rest? Yeah, it was one of the reasons, of course. It's, uh, it's good for our, our team, you know, that we're, spo- that we're supporting three uh, young Kiwis in, uh, in Ryan, Nick Reddish and uh, young Logan Griffin. So, yeah, it, it also helps us get a, get a start at that race, you know, the New, New Zealand Cycle Classic being the, the home race for the three. So, yeah, it, it's also good to it sort of fills a good gap for our team in this early season. So, as I said, it's, it's good to go over there and, uh, and get a result and get five good hard days of racing. And it was on, on the gas. It was full gas every day. There wasn't really a, there wasn't really a sit up for that whole five days. So that's invaluable um, to a young team you know, at the start of the season, especially a, a big long season like this one. Okay, well, let's get into the racing action now. Um, I wasn't there, obviously. Um, I was following it eagerly on Twitter, though, um, when, when I wasn't going to the tour down understages. So mm. I, I was really enjoying the minute-by-minute minute updates as I was possibly refreshing <laughs> Twitter. But It's good with the, it's good with the time zone, too, Fisher, because you, uh, yeah, you tune in and it's two hours earlier, so we're effectively starting at 7 a.m. Australian time. So you will wake up and uh, yeah, get on Twitter and, and have a watch. So, yeah, it's good. Yeah, well, um, thoroughly enjoyable, especially the first stage I found. Um, edgy edgy seat stuff, especially for you guys in that first stage. The the plan from the outset of the stage was for our team to be aggressive because we obviously didn't fancy our chances on the were realistic on the GC. So yeah, the 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 aim was to to get out and try and get KOM or sprint points, and perhaps if the in on the unlikely event that the breakaway would stay away with so much firepower in the peloton on a first stage. Yeah, we, we set out for the break and uh, Ryan managed to get his nose in front and um, get in a break of five. Uh, at one stage with uh, 80 kilometres to go, the breakaway was out to six and a half minutes or a little bit over. And uh, yeah, I, I was in the car and that's when I said not just to Ryan, but to also the, the guys in the break, which included um, Sam Kramer of Avanti, is like you guys have uh, 
got a big shot here. Like it's time to, it's time to work hard. And uh, wow, the it was very very impressive to see. Uh, it was first one pro cycling that jumped on the front and made a big impact and brought it back down to about two and a half minutes with, uh, I think that was about with 40k to go. So um, more than half the gap, which was very impressive. And that obviously enticed uh, JLT Condor with with quite a good uh, sprint train that got them interested and uh yeah the two english teams on the front um chopping off full gas was a impressive sight and they brought it right down to within a minute with 10k to go and uh then we sort of got into a bit more of a technical run-in into back into the city of Marston on the north island and um yeah the they they str really struggled to to shut that one that uh, one minute gap down and uh we got to 3k to go and there was still about 35 seconds the gap yeah, that's when the breakaway started getting a little bit more. Um, I guess the, the guys were very tired in the break, but also they started playing those sort of cat and mouse uh, tactics and Ryan wound up a big uh, attack and, and hit them with just under three kilometres to go and um, made it until uh, the, the last corner, which was about 200 to go, uh, a right-hand roundabout sweeper. And uh, that's where we got caught by the, uh, by the sprint lead out and um, JLT Condor managed to go one, two, thanks to that sort of uh, technical run-in and also the simple firepower that they had. So they went 1-2 went one, one, over um, Jesse Kerrison, who finished third. Yeah, it was, it was so close in the radio. You know, uh, you know what I'm like in the, in the team car fishy when we're, when we're in with a shot. I was, uh, I was definitely on edge and our mechanic was on edge too. And uh, yeah, when we, we didn't realise how close it was until we uh, got out of the car and we started heading down to the finish. All the people at the start-finish line were sort of giving me a a pat on the back and oh mate i'm very sorry that was so close wow that was close sorry about that and uh yeah when when we saw a despondent ryan it was um it was clear that he uh he went very deep and he went very very close as well to pulling off the biggest win of his life um so it was a win for christopher lawless and um, with alex frame you know leading that for second place there from what i could determine and chris lawless he was pretty good at um bay crits he did a few sprints there and uh i think he was fourth on two of the stages or yeah or something like that so yeah well the pair are, the pair is super strong they're both part of that um that british national track program so they've got a big year ahead and it's um it's good to see them down under and i've no doubt that you'll see them in the um in the upcoming weeks in the in the two australian races that are coming up so move on to stage two where it was take so us stage two was the uh stage two was the martinborough square stage so we went out Started at Masterton and uh, ran through a bit of a hilly sort of section to a finishing circuit, which was in the, um, the very picturesque wine country of Martinsborough, wine city. And um, yeah, we basically cut, uh, I think it's 10 laps yeah, to total 136 kilometers. So it was super tough again with JLT Condor controlling affairs and um, still wanting the stage win. So it was, uh, they sort of let two guys um, go out into a breakaway, which uh, included the young rider from uh, Mike coming from uh, from Britain who rides for State of Matter Map. He uh, swept up the, the sprint points, which put him in um, in good stead for that um, bit on a sprint jersey towards the end of the tour. They never got out over two minutes, so uh, it was controlled. And uh, it was actually Brad, Brad Evans who was uh, riding for the New Zealand national team who rolled um, West and Lawless. But um, Lawless actually took the yellow jersey off uh, off West on the second stage, I'm not sure was the plan for JLT, but you know, they, they kept the Jersey in the, in the team. So I guess that was, uh, that was still good for them. But yeah, Evans uh, hit the last corner first and, um, and Sprinter was again, another bit of a technical run in with a hard left and then a hard right with uh, only 200 meters to go. So 
yeah, he uh, he did well through the corner. Um, Ryan got a top ten on that stage, finished in ninth. So yeah, it was a good little uh, result for our team. But um, yeah, bigger fish to fry a little bit later on. Yeah, so yeah, as you said in that one, Alex Frame was second, and he took the yellow jersey back. Uh, well, not back off his teammate and uh, Dion Smith, the young New Zealand rider, who's you know another really good talent from New Zealand. Um, they're getting a few of them now. Came in third. Uh, stage three, it ended up being a win for Kristen House of One Pro um, after about a 20, 20 man group um, went away. Uh, it was full gas again from the start, which was. Uh... No, uh, no surprises. But the difference was that it was quite a, it was quite a windy stage, and it was on a uh, twelve-kilometer circuit, which they had to do ten laps of. A race of attrition, pure race of attrition. It was there was a small climb um, at the start of the circuit, uh, and no real descent. It was just sort of a roll downhill, a few technical corners. Um, so yeah, tough man circuit. A breakaway after a lot of attacks went away, which included seventeen riders. And when you have seventeen riders in a field of a hundred go away, it, it's it's a big threat. We actually managed to get three riders in the breakaway, uh, three Kiwis actually, Ryan, Logan, and also Nick Reddish. Unfortunately, Nick punctured out of the breakaway um, after a couple of laps, so we uh, were down to two. But yeah, we uh, went out looking for KOM points, and unfortunately, uh, Sam Chrome of Avanti Racing, he made the break also. And uh, yeah, no matter what we, uh, what we sort of did, he managed to take the uh, three KOM points on offer. But Ryan did come second, which was, which was important. Yeah, that was it. Um, it survived until the third KOM and then it sort of got swept up by a depleted peloton. And uh, then it got hard in those final two laps and it, uh, the peloton split again and a small group went back off the front, which, uh, yeah, is a little bit more complicated than for what it probably said on Twitter. You probably thought the breakaway stayed away the whole time, but um, it actually came back together and split again. A hard man won. Christian Howes, he's a veteran of the sport. I think he's 41 or so. But um, yeah, he's certainly been around yeah. a long time. Oh, he's. Um, I remember racing against him in like 2009 in um, the tour, of, like tour of Gippslands, and he'd been Tassie, and um, I think he grew up in America from from memory. So he spends a lot of time there, and I know he likes the Australian summers. He did. I think he did eight years with JLT Condor in its different forms. Ryan Thomas came in second there from Data Three Cisco, and uh, he took on the leaders' jersey after that stage. Um, yeah, it was a um, it was a justified reward for the hard work that uh, Ryan's obviously been putting in. He's always uh, he's always there. Like if uh, if the going gets tough and you come down to like a small bunch sprint, I think he ran uh, I think he ran third in the bunch kick. So um, uh, he's second. Oh, he's second. second just behind House, I think. Ah, there we go. Yeah. Apologies, Ryan. Sorry, mate. <laughs> yeah. So he's always there or thereabouts. But um, yeah, as I said, just uh, just reward for, for a young guy who's uh, who's coming up through the ranks. And um, it was good to see Data 3 get a jersey, a fellow Australian team. So, Well, after that, it was the, the big GC stage where um, it was up Admirals Hill, was it, at the final there? Yeah, yeah, I actually went and um, I went and rode that in the in the days leading up, and it's a it's a super hard climb, made harder by uh, the fact that it was hot. And um, they just retired the road for the tour. And so the, uh, the tarmac was quite melted. Um, so, yeah, when I went up there a couple of days before, you, your wheels almost stick to the road when you're going up. So it was a, it was a super hot day. It was, a, it was a long stage as well. It was 147K. And they made an amendment uh, on the, in the 11th hour, which took it out to 152 or 153. Yeah, I'm not sure whether that was planned or not. But, um, yeah, a breakaway of five went away after a super aggressive start. Again, Ryan Christensen, he made uh, made the cut, which was uh, a good ride by him. He was joined by um, 
they were saying that uh, Thomas from Data 3 made the break, but it was actually Scott Thomas, not Ryan Thomas. So uh, he was the policeman. So he was sitting on for the, for the majority of the stage, which was obviously his right, knowing, uh, knowing bike racing and how it goes. He was defending the race lead. So, yeah, the four guys chopped off really hard and got um, out to three and a half, four-minute lead. And obviously with Ryan uh, hunting KOM points, he was a hard worker. Um, Hamish was doing a lot of work also for the New Zealand national team and they managed to get over those first two King of the Mountains points before they got to the big one on Admiral Hill. Ryan went over uncontested, which was uh, good and it put him in the race, uh, in the lead for the KOM jersey. So he was on uh, 32 points to Chrome's 30, which um, obviously Chrome didn't score points being back in the main field. So yeah, that was um, that was our primary objective, and that was sort of job done for for the team. Yeah, unfortunately, in the breakaway there was a um, there was a bad crash. Um, I I didn't see it. The commissaire car was actually blocking me, and um, there was a bit of talk of, as to exactly how it was how it was caused. But the end result was that uh, Hamish Shuris and um, Nathan Elliott crashed out of that breakaway. They sort of hit a hit a lip on a bridge, and um, and both crashed. And unfortunately, um, Hamish suffered a broken collarbone. Um, but Nathan was uh, pretty cut up as well. So they, uh, they had to abandon the race for both of them. It was unfortunate because they were all working so well together. And um, had they have stayed together a group of five, I think they would have had a better shot at Admiral Hill because the GC was obviously being, um, being sorted out. But yeah, we, we obviously didn't watch the, the finale because we were in the car. But um, from, from what we heard and from what the reports were, it was a, a super impressive ride by Avanti really. Um, it always impresses me how they just go to another another level when there's a stage finish and a climb. Like they uh, they breed very good climbers, and uh, I think that's a tribute to Mark Fenner and um, Andrew Christie Johnson and the guys involved with that team. Because uh, yeah, as I said, when we get to a climb, it's Avanti Racing always there or thereabouts, and they went one two on the stage with young Ben O'Connor, um, who was racing for Navitas Saddlest last year, um, winning over Mark O'Brien. And um, yeah, it's good to see Marco turn to form. Who's uh, he was the winner of a few stages uh, in the 2012 NRS, if you recall. I'm not sure he might have even won the, the series. No, Davison won that series as teammate that year. But Marco was um, was no doubt the best climber in that series in that year. So uh, it's good to see him back uh, in form. Yeah, well, he's normally pretty good around this time of year because you you expect things from him at nationals, and uh, he normally does well there. And you know, he carries that form into the the next few races, um, which are big big priorities for Avanti. So yeah, well, they, they did very well again from the sound of things. Ben O'Connor, he's a he's a great young rider, isn't he? He's he got yeah, third another under twenty three time trials, and and now he's you know going uphill really really well as well so he's you know kind of that mix of time trailer and and climber which is yeah know, just that GC. just that event just that avanti mold you know that um jack haig um nathan Haas, you know that that mold it's exactly the same and um yeah don't want to uh obviously put him in that same category yet wow it's uh, it was a super impressive ride over uh, as i said we had pro conti guys there who uh who couldn't match uh the climbing ability of young ben so um big things to come from him yeah, he ended up taking out the stage by over half a minute, to, um, 31 seconds to Mark O'Brien, and then 34 back to uh, Stephen Williams from JLT Condor, who who um, finished third there. And that was actually the final podium uh, for the GC, and with the with the GC more or less wrapped up there. Um, the fifth stage, though, was the final roll of the dice for lots of the teams, but it went to the breakaway in the end. 
Yeah, well, um, well, you say that that, that was the, the the GC was decided on stage four. Um, it was a super tough stage, stage five, and um, it was quite up in the air for for, for quite a lot of the race. And at one stage, uh, Mark O'Brien was even in the uh, in the virtual leader on the road. So yeah, the race sort of started um, a little bit aggressive, but um, there was a lot. It was a very complex race because we had um, data three in the green jersey with um, Dylan Newberry. Uh, and he only had two points advantage over uh, Mike coming from State of Matter. So that was that. And then we only had a two-point advantage, advantage over Chrome, who was riding for Avanti. But obviously Avanti had the yellow jersey, the race lead. We weren't sure whether they'd chase that or not. Obviously, if it was together, they would have chased it, I, I, I feel. But um, they had a busy day defending the race lead. And then you had one pro cycling who uh, wanted to get on the podium in fourth place and um, get something out of the tour. Um, you know, one one stage win for a pro Conti team, they're obviously not going to just be satisfied with that. Uh, JLT Condor defending the third place on the podium for, for their young rider. And um, State of Matter, yeah, just generally wanting um, wanting something out of the tour. So, uh, yeah, that left us with a very complex uh, situation. And in the end, it was actually two one pro cycling riders in um, Josh Hunt and um, Hayden McCormick got away. Young Logan Griffin got in the break today for um, stage five for... Uh, for Oliver's, and he managed to uh, build up a race lead, uh, a lead of about, I think it was about two minutes. So obviously, that would have been a hard, uh, that would have been a hard chop off for those two, uh, three riders, because uh, especially for Griffin, because he was uh, working as hard as he could to get to that one and only King of the Mountains sprint point. And uh, yeah, obviously McCormack and uh, and Hunt wanted to uh, to chop off and at least have guys up the road for any attacks that might happen later. Um, perhaps even just chasing the stage win. So yeah. Um, Obviously, Logan holding on to that one pro cycling tandem and even doing work, it was uh, it was a very impressive ride by him. So they made it to the 44-kilometre mark, which was the king of the mountains, and Logan took full points on the climb, which effectively um, won the king of the mountains jersey for Ryan because obviously then um, Chrome nor Ryan scored any points with the breakaway soaking up the points. So, yeah, we had the we had the king of the mountain jersey won, which was, uh, which was pretty cool. Yeah, from there, the race uh, got a little bit more complicated with the uh, Kenyan riders rider coming across with another New Zealand national rider and um, they worked very well together but then the uh, peloton split into tatters there was actually a there was a group of about 20 rolled off the front and um, quickly joined that lead of five included the yellow jersey and um, second place and third place and a few one pro cycling riders uh, so it all came back together that breakaway and the and the split off the front of the main field um, with about 30k to go and um, then there was another attack where uh, about five or six riders rolled back off the front of that group. In the end, it was Mike Cumming who uh, took the stage for, for State of Matter, which was an impressive ride by him. Impressive ride all week, actually, to be honest with you, for, for young Mike. He was, um, he was denied the green jersey, unfortunately, because there was only sprints out on the road, sprint points out on the road. There was no sprint points in the, um, on the race finish. Logan, uh, for us, ended up a, a very solid fourth. Only just missed out on the podium. He got rolled by um, the New Zealand national champion and um, Jesse and Kerrison. Uh, Jesse Kerrison, who uh, who came third. So they they got him right on the line. So uh, yeah, it was a it was a real race of attrition. And as I said, at one stage, Mark O'Brien was actually up in the uh, up in the breakaway. You know, sort of obviously defending O'Connor's lead, but they uh, they got out to um, a big enough gap that he was virtual leader on the road and. Um, yeah, it was impressive, not just by O'Connor, but by a couple of the guys um, back in the main field to bring that break back to uh, within reason. And um, yeah, they all sort of finished very close on time, Those uh, that top 20 split. Yeah, Ryan finished safely in the uh, in the second half of the peloton, which uh, 
the finish obviously gave him the uh, King of the Mountains win. So yeah, we were very satisfied on that last stage with how it went down. I, I couldn't be I couldn't be happier. Like I said, Fiji. Just going through the results there, and um, after twenty first place, um, it's a seven minute gap to twenty second. Yeah, so, that's right. So yeah, so when the, the, first, the 20, first twenty riders are within about twenty seconds, and then it's seven yeah, minutes, ten so the, minutes. The GC went up the road, and uh, yeah, uh, when you when when the GC goes goes up of the road, um, yeah, I, I think those uh, the rest of the pelon was like, uh, well, that's good. We can finally have a sit up and uh, and relax and roll into Masterton for the final stage. It was a pretty uh, a pretty cruisy run in for them. So. Yeah, as I said, with um with the GC up the road and uh, the guys who want to win the stage up looking for the stage win, the rest of the peloton was satisfied to to just roll in and have a, a laughing bunch, as they say, on the way into the town. Yeah, well, and, you, and you roll in and you go, oh, is my teammate won? What's what's happened? And you and you see you see the looks on the faces of people who you know happy or celebrating that their teammate got up. So it would have been a good time to be a state of matter rider in that. In that uh, peloton rolling in, yeah, it was a um, as I said, it was a it was an impressive ride by coming and um, state of matter sort of um, I think well, it, it was clear that they ended up making the decision not to um, hunt that um, green jersey, the king of the mountains, uh, the the green jersey, the sprint jersey. They didn't hunt that out on the road, so uh, yeah, it was it was a good decision in the end because they finished um, first and third on the stage and they ended up. Uh, Sweeping up the team's classification, they uh, nabbed that off Avanti on the last day because Avanti had to use a lot of firepower on the front early of that stage. So, um, yeah, the State of Matter guys uh, did well. Yeah, um, and how does the quality of the race? I mean, you've obviously got your power numbers and data um, coming out from coming out from your riders. Um, how does the how does the um, the data stack up to like the NRS or the other the other um, the other races you've done it's it, it well it is different the style of racing is different uh i i didn't actually think that um you could get sort of more aggressive and i guess un, uh, disorganized racing uh in terms of like attacks and uh the race being on from the gun um but yeah that the the all five stages there wasn't really a apart from the laughing bunch on stage five for the peloton there wasn't really a time where it eased up it was full gas the whole time uh i think that's because there's sort of five rider teams and um You've got quite a few composite teams that make up, uh, I wouldn't say make up the numbers, but there's, you know, that make up the main field. Yeah, you've got a lot of riders sort of think, probably thinking individual rather than team. So that equates to a lot less control uh, and a lot less sort of firepower, with, as I said, with five guys. So it's different, but um, that combined with the weather conditions, it was quite windy on a few stages. It made for, it was a tough man's race and uh, a tough guy won. Yeah, it's, it's different. Okay, and um, for yourself and the team, you've got your first taste of UCI racing now with, you know, good success. What, what's next on the agenda? We're actually, uh, we're actually going back for some more. We uh, managed to get a wildcard wild card entry into the, uh, the Tour of the Philippines, which is uh, in late February this year. So uh, we're heading over to the, to the Philippines, flying into Manila on, um, for the race that starts uh, on the 18th of Feb. So, yeah, that'll be our uh, second UCI 2.2 race. Yeah, that was sort of off the back of our uh, our success, not just at um, the New Zealand Cycle Classic, but also um, in New Caledonia and, and Southland last year. So it's something that we've sort of worked hard to get, and we'll be racing uh, against a quite a high quality of field with like the the Kazakh national team being in attendance, and also that um, that Dubai skydive team that's been Sabo on it, I think, at the moment. 
yeah, there'll be there'll be a, a higher level of uh, of riders there, and um, yeah, we're, we're very very excited and um, looking forward to to going to our second UCI race in Feb. And is there anything else on the plate? Uh, yeah, so we're so we're also doing the um, the tour of the tour of Sarawak, which is in uh, Malaysia in March. So yeah, we're, we're sort of uh, managed to score three uh, UCI races, which are which are two point two, which is all our uh, team can actually can actually do, being uh, just a nationally registered team rather than a continental team. So we're happy to to be able to get wild cards for these uh, for these races and uh, provide the guys with opportunities just in Australia, but also in the world and. Um, hopefully be able to at the very least build um, for a good successful season of the national road series. But as I said, it's, it's huge opportunities for these, um, for these young guys to, to go away and, uh, and compete overseas and uh, race days early in the season are invaluable. And um, with, with quite a, quite a big gap between, um, between racing in these early months, we're more than happy to, uh, to accept the invitations and, um, and hand over. You do have that big gap um, before the NRS actually starts for for the men, at least. I mean, you've got you've got a few events for the women um, early on, but yeah, I mean, it's it's a bit of a bit of a missed opportunity, I think, in some ways, because you've got all the excitement around the bigger the bigger Australian racing calendar events, like you know, Tour Down Under, Herald Sun, Cadells, and then it doesn't quite springboard <laughs> off into the NRS season from there. Yeah, uh, I mean, it's it's no no one's ever going to be a hundred percent happy with the calendar that Cycling Australia put out, and I um obviously that's a that's a big that's a big thing for them, and uh, I'm not I'm not here to sort of throw stones, but um yeah I, I do I do agree with you on that point, mate. Is that um I, I don't understand why we have these races in um in sort of January February, and then we don't just build straight into the season and have our uh, have our break essentially in um, in June and July. Which um, not only will miss the the coldest months of the Australian winter, where no one really wants to be racing, it also gives um, your your state your, your state cycling federations to put on races through that winter, uh, and it also gives guys an opportunity to compete over in Europe to to head over and um, experience a taste uh, for two months in Europe. And um, yeah, it sort of worked. Uh, it worked pretty well in 2015. They had a, a good two month break, but. Um, now for this season with um with Tour of Perth just bang smack in the middle of that period, I, 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 my my concern would be that you won't get a big field in Perth. That would be my first worry as a as a promoter because it's too tempting to sort of just say, oh no, we won't do it. It's a long way uh, and there's nothing else around it. But yeah, also you you just lose that momentum of um of racing coming off. Uh, I mean, not all the NRS teams are going to be doing the the Sun Tour and the and the Cadell Evans race, but You've got to sort of as a, essentially, if you're a, if you're a federation like Cycling Australia, you're promoting cycling, um, regardless of the type or the or the event, and um, yeah, you sort of would want to as a promoter be building on that um, momentum that's created from those big races. So uh, it's a difficult balancing act because on the other hand, your Conti teams might be wanting a break after this block of racing, but for us, as just a simple NRS team, um, we've got to go hunting for races, which is our um, our primary objective is um, is not obviously a race over in um, in in Malaysia or in the Philippines for our sponsor Oliver's Real Food, but giving the guys simple racing days is is necessary to to be able to be in good form for that NRS race racing which uh, commences in May. Well, that's been our look at the New Zealand Cycle Classic with Samuel Lazel, and if you want to 
look at any of our other episodes, you can find them on iTunes and give us a good rating and review on there, and that would make me very happy. You can find us on Twitter at Breakdown Pod, or you can go, hop on Facebook and find us at Breakdown Podcast. You can ask us a question on Twitter via the hashtag AskBreakdown if you so wish, and we shall endeavour to get to it. So it's a goodbye for me and a goodbye from Sam. Good luck for the rest of the racing season. Thanks, Fishy. And mate, um, yeah, thank you for the breakdown podcast as well, mate. It's been good to be good to feature. And um, I really enjoy, mate, um, when I'm driving in the car or whatever to tune in and listen. It's a, it's a good little added dimension and insight to, to domestic racing, mate. So, yeah, hats off to you. Hopefully we get you some likes on Facebook now. Yeah, well, you know, any any publicity would, would be much appreciated. So cheers, Sam, and we'll say goodbye from me and Sam. Okay, cheers, cheers mate. See ya.